1: Welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast of thevikingage.com. We do this every Monday night at 6.15 p.m. And Thursday, um, probably at a time to be determined. I, I, but yeah, we have it on Thursday too. But we do it right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. And if you miss it, we got you covered in podcast form the next day on Apple and Spotify. But however you listen, make sure you're liking, subscribing, giving us a good review because we never want you to miss a new episode. And if that is not incentive enough, You can win a Justin Jefferson jersey by doing these things. Check out the details in the description below, and you can have a chance to take home a purple number 18 jersey. My name is Chris Shedd. I am a contributor at the Viking Age as well as Zone Coverage and Bring Me the News. On your right is my co-host Adam Patrick, who is the managing editor of the Viking Age podcast. And uh, the Vikings scored a win yesterday, so I am looking through the world in my purple-colored glasses. Adam, I'm just gonna lead off with this question right away. How did you feel about that win yesterday?
2: Oh, well, I felt good. Um, in the NFL, unlike college, a win is a win, no matter what. It doesn't matter how you do it. it. Doesn't matter how bad it looks. How good it looks. A win. A 52-point win is the same as a 10-point win or a 3-point win or a 1-point win in the NFL. They they all count the same, and sometimes they look like they did yesterday, which is the Vikings playing like poo-poo uh, for most of the day um, and then you know squeaking it out at the end, keeping their composure, which is something uh, we weren't used to last season or even the season before. So it was nice to kind of see that of them just kind of just not panicking, also including Kirk Cousins in this, this group because he seemed to be, you know, despite not playing his best game on, on Sunday, he still came through uh, when the Vikings need him the most at the end, and that's, that's I think, what we've been just kind of asking from him, is we don't need, you know, Kirk Cousins to p- put up MVP numbers. We need him to help the Vikings when they need him, and they needed him yesterday, and he delivered, and the Vikings got the win, to tie for first place, but they still have a long way to go. I went to the game yesterday,
1: and when I walked out, I was I was, I was was kind of mad, to be honest. I, I mean, I don't think mad's the right word because I was happy the Vikings won, obviously. But, yeah. I mean, I sat there, and I was just kind of like, this is the same damn team. It's the same team we've seen the past two years where yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, well, we just can't get over the hump. We can't make the playoffs. And, and I mean, there are plenty of reasons that you could sit there and go like, all right, this game was handed to the Vikings, right? Cuz like Dan Campbell decided not to go for it on fourth down late in the game, despite the Detroit <laughs> offense moving the ball up and down the
2: field whenever they wanted. Not even not uh, go for it, but just kick a field goal, which made it worse than punting.
1: Yeah, yeah, because it drove them back even further. <laughs> so like the Vikings got the ball at, at midfield. I didn't even I didn't even think of that. So so yeah. I mean, you know, Kirk Cousins finds KJ Osborne with 45 seconds to go, but but I mean, you This game, like, look at the list of excuses Mike Zimmer would have had. Because, I mean, Kirk was off his game. Dalvin Mm -hmm. Cook got hurt. Justin Jefferson was shut down. Greg Joseph missing two field goals. I mean, that alone would have had him reaching for his shotgun. There's the whole, like, and the thing is, too, like, I'll, I'll ask you about this. The whole end of game sequence, you know, it's fourth and eight with about 220 to go. The Vikings don't get it. And I'm I'm sitting there wondering today, does Zimmer punt instead of going for it in that scenario? Because he's like, I gotta trust my deep my defense will get
2: the ball back. What we'll you mean third? Was them. it third? Was it third? Did, did they punt? Yeah, they did punt because they still have. They, they still didn't three. Oh, they
1: they went for it on fourth and eight. You're right, you're and right. You're Detroit right, you're got right. the ball back.
2: You're right. You're right. And you're then
1: right. they ran three times. Mike Zimmer special and kicked a 54 yard field goal. So I I mean, like you think of it that way, Zimmer punts and like. Lions get the ball back. They run, run, run. run. It's fourth down. And like in that scenario, Dan Campbell doesn't have the temptation of putting points on the board, which is what happened then. Mm -hmm. Because he had the ball deep in his in Vikings territory. He's like, well, I can add to the league. Then they have to score a touchdown. Like they can't Mm -hmm. settle for a field goal, which is analytically a horrible decision. But, but like, if he's on his own end, he's like, what do I have to lose here? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I'll, I'll just run the ball. If they get it back, you know, they kick a field goal and tie it up. Right. Or worst case scenario. So I don't, I don't know. I I mean, you also have to wonder on that last drive too. Does Zimmer call a conservative game plan. Does he go, well, we gotta, we gotta make sure Detroit can't get the ball back. So we got to score with whatever Kevin O'Connell was just like, screw it. Just score. Like, you have to score to win the game. So if they have 45 seconds, if they have 40 seconds, whatever. I mean, he did not think about his defense at all. He's like, we're just going to try and score. And that's exactly what the Vikings did. So it, um, again, yeah, I mean, I liken it to since we're wrestling fans, like when Roman Reigns defends his title, right? Cause like the, there's a whole, like his match against Drew McIntyre, right? There's a whole bunch of things that went wrong. Like McIntyre hit the claymore. He should have won. And mm-hmm. then solo Sikoa like pulls him out of the ring. And like, mm-hmm. he winds up winning probably should have lost the match. Right. Mm-hmm. But he's still the champion. Mm-hmm. Like that is exactly how they acted. Even in a locker room, like Kevin O'Connell dropping F bombs. And just like, this is who we are. We found mm-hmm. out who the bleep we are. And <laughs> we're going to another bleeping incontinent. I'm like, I would run like the Chicago game like with Mike Zimmer sitting there and he's just like, you know, great win. You guys did a lot of things wrong, but great win. You know <laughs> what? I mean, like Kevin O'Connell's like we we went in saying no matter what happens on that field, we're going to win this game. And, and yeah. like that mental toughness is exactly why the Vikings hired Kevin O'Connell. So when I think about that, like this this is a big win. This is. And I mean, one and two is a hell of a lot worse than two and one. So, I'm going to take it.
2: Yeah. And and if you go one and two, then you know what happens next cup. Now you can afford to have maybe maybe have a loss or or even two the next couple of games. Uh I wouldn't recommend it, but but now you get you get that confidence though that you can you can still hang in there. In late game scenarios, unlike maybe last year where they were involved in a bunch of these, and it was just like, oh, here we go again. You know, we're gonna get our hopes up, and then they're gonna, you know, not be able to come through in the end. And they were able to this time, which, which against the Detroit team that, you know, probably they might make the playoffs, they might not this year. They still have a couple, a bunch of things to fix, but they're they're a competitive team. They've been in every game this year. Uh, they almost beat the Eagles, who look. Probably like the best team in the NFC right now. They lost to them by three points. Um, so that also that loss in week two by the Vikings looks a heck of a lot better uh, after yesterday's Eagles game too. Uh, not that the commanders are that good, but the Eagles are they're a very good team. Um, so, uh, yeah, the Vikings. They just yeah, they, they did a lot of things that went wrong, but in the end they won. And that that's that's what matters. That's that's what matters in the NFL that you win like the Bills yesterday totally outplayed the Dolphins like in every facet of the game but they don't care about that they didn't win they their their offensive coordinator who smashed his tablet and everything in the the box upstairs he didn't care that they outgained the Dolphins by like so many yards they lost that's what matters in the NFL and yesterday the Vikings won now they're, now they're two and one they get to go in to London uh to play the to, to play the saints who don't look that good uh they get to play the bears and and they play the dolphins who are looking a little banged up right now so the schedule's looking pretty good and then i think they play the cardinals coming on to buy so it's looking pretty good looking looking pretty good for the Vikings right now it reminds me when mike zimmer was like
1: flexing that they were fourth in total offense like after yeah. the 2020 season, like this was an explosive yeah. offense. I loved Gary Kubiak. It's like, well, yeah, you ranked 12th in points and you missed the playoffs. Like yeah. Alvin Kamara gored you on national yeah. television on a yeah. Christmas game. Like you, you shouldn't be here right now. But I, I mean, it's just it's a change, and I mean, there's obviously stuff to work on. We're gonna get to that in just a second here. But I mean, the fact that the Vikings didn't have their fastball, so to speak, and still won, I mean that that's why they made a coaching change because, you know, everybody's talked about it. It's like, I think Kevin O'Connell can get a little bit extra out of this team. And if you win two or three more games that you're not supposed to, you're, you're a playoff team. It would have, it would have worked last year. All they needed was one because the Eagles got in, the Vikings were sitting at home.
2: So yeah, and one, other, one other thing on, on the difference between Kevin O'Connell and and Mike Zimmer is that, you know, Mike Zimmer, no matter how his defense played, the last few years he kind of blindly would go into games or in situations where like let's play for overtime my defense can you know stop them mm-hmm. and Kevin O'Connell's like I don't trust this defense regardless of how many like stops they've made on fourth down today or third down or plays that they made I trust I just want to go in the game right now we have the opportunity to do that let's go do that let's not mess around and kick a field goal and then maybe not win it in overtime because I think that my defense can can save us. I think that's a big difference between uh, O'Connell and Mike Zimmer, where Zimmer would have been like, no, my, my defense can stop. And it's like, probably not. Um, so I, I like that out of O'Connell where he just kind of just went for the jugular, I guess, uh, yesterday with, with that throw to that play call to KJ Osborne because he didn't throw it. But.
1: Well, here's what we'll do. Because there were a lot of things that went wrong. We kind of talked about the positives and everything. But I want to talk about you know, how concerned we should be about some of the things that went wrong in yesterday's game. So this will just be a game called How Concerned Are We? Creative, right? <laughs> uh, I'll give you some things that have gone down so far. And you pick a number one through ten. Ones being not so much and ten being end of Mike Zimmer era concerned. Um, and let's start with Dalvin Cook's shoulder injury. Uh, he got hurt on a carry in the third quarter, bashed into Ezra Cleveland, immediately dropped the ball, and uh, everybody pounced on it, and Dalvin Cook rolled around on the ground and looked like he had been shot. Um, he apparently is okay, according to him. Says he's going to play next week. Uh, Alexander Madison stepped in, had seven carries, 28 yards, and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So how concerned are you with Dalvin Cook's injury?
2: Uh, it's probably a three or a four. Like, it doesn't sound serious. Remember, you remember last season when they brought out the cart? I think it was against the 49ers. Yeah. They brought out the cart for Delvin Cook, and everyone was like going to him, like touching hands and everything, like saying, oh, like prayers and stuff. And like, he didn't miss a game after that. Um, cause that was, that was the same exact injury. He put a brace on, it was, he separated his shoulder. Apparently, he has like a torn labrum that just wasn't ever, hasn't been fixed. Uh, and he's, Supposed to wear a brace, but he doesn't. Um, and then so that got hurt yesterday. But now he says he'll be fine to wear a brace. He wore he wore one last season. He wore one, I believe, in the 2019 playoffs when they played the Saints and in, in the Niners. That was a different injury, but shoulder stuff. Like, he's, he's got some shoulder problems in his career. I think even in college, he, like, he hurt his shoulder in the weight room. I think that's probably where all this, this started. Um, but, yeah, and then you got Alexander Madison. Say what you will about him. As a number two guy, not that big of a fan, but when he is number one, he seems to step up and uh, step his game up. He had a nice run yesterday to get in the end zone. I think he averages about like around 140 total yards in his force in his four starts last year. So that's that's pretty good. And like running back is not a focal point of the Vikings offense anymore. It's not like it's it's important. They want to still have it to establish the run for their play action game, but it it's really not like there's no Bell Cow guy. There's no workhouse guy. There's no three down back. Like he's back there. Like that whole that whole last drive, um, the Vikings had yesterday, I don't think they I don't think they targeted Alexander Madison or anything like that. And I'm not sure if that would have been the same in, in the old offense if if Kirk Cousins would have looked for like Delvin Cook on a couple swing passes just to get some some yards, but no, they were just looking downfield the whole time because their running back doesn't is not as big of a factor in this offense. So my concern level, not that high, especially because Delvin's like, I'm going to play. Do I think he should play? Probably not. Playing the Saints, like, it's week four. Would the Vikings rather have you at the end of the season than uh, a week four game against the Saints? They'd probably want you to be there at the end of the season instead of right now. So if he needs to, if there's signs that he should rest, think the Vikings should, should should give him that rest
1: I think as a running back it's always complicated because I think a lot of people want to try and play through it so they can get yeah. their money right yeah especially and I mean Dalvin Cook's already got paid he'll be yeah. fine but like he doesn't want them to come to him at the end of next season and be like well you missed a couple of games with the shoulder again we're gonna have to knock it down or <laughs> well that's too bad That's go gonna sign, happen. you can you can go sign a free agent deal for two million dollars somewhere for one year Like, that's part of the thing. And and the other thing, it's just so weird because Cook, like, he gets hurt. He fumbles. He goes, I mean, he didn't go off on a cart this time. But, I mean, it's just somebody likened it to Xavier Rhodes. Like, uh, how he would get burned and, like, all of a sudden, like, start limping around. He pulled a hammy. Yeah, he pulled a hammy or whatever. But this (laughs) this is just, like, the shoulder. I don't know, man. I mean... Like you said, I, I don't think running backs are as important to the Vikings offense anymore. Mm-hmm. Like they can just shuffle them in. I think uh if you want a prediction, I think they draft one in next year's draft, and I think they do it early. Um yeah, I I mean that's kind of um uh, they got I'm Ty Chandler there. too. They like they yeah. like him a lot. He didn't do well in the preseason. Yeah. So I, I mean Add one more, man. I mean, the more cheap, controllable running backs you have, the more options you can. I mean, I think the 49ers draft one every year, and they have Elijah Mitchell.
2: Undrafted guys. How many undrafted guys come in and just are able to make an impact? And think about Mike Boone. Mike Boone's still out there. He's still doing his thing with the Broncos. There's a bunch of guys that the Vikings have had over the years that were just undrafted. Um, So I think running back, Dalvin Cook has a $14 million cap hit next year. Nah, don't think so. Um, I think the Vikings are going to do whatever they can to reduce that or see if they can trade him next year because it's for the type of offense that they have. Like Kevin O'Connell can sit sit there all day, all day, and be like, oh, he's an important part of our offense. He's a captain. He's a leader in the locker room. But, like, you cannot pay a running back in this offense. Like, if it, if that's Derrick Henry on the t- in the Titans' offense, who's like 80% of that offense, pay him that money. But not Dalvin Cook not anymore.
1: The next one on my list is the Vikings offense through three games. The Vikings ranked 16th in points. Kevin O'Connell is a first time play caller and Kirk just hasn't looked too great through the first three games. Mm -hmm. Uh, he overthrew a wide open touchdown to KJ Osborne on Sunday. The average depth of target ranks 30th in the NFL. It's oddly ahead of Aaron Rodgers, which I thought was really interesting, but um, how concerned are you that the Vikings offense hasn't really gotten going yet?
2: I'll put it at a six. Um, It's still early. It's a new scheme. I think we saw last year with the Rams, it took Matthew Stafford probably around mid season to kind of get in the groove, figure out, you know, how to run that, that offense really well. I wouldn't be surprised. if The same thing happened with, with cousins and the rest of this offense. They're still trying to figure out how to get Justin Jefferson, the ball as much as they can, who's been kind of, Shut down the, the last two two games. They're still trying to figure out how to get other people involved. They just figured that out. They just remembered that Adam Adam Thielen's on the roster uh, yesterday. And KJ Osborne. He hadn't been
1: targeted in so long. I forgot he wasn't from Minnesota. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Detroit Lakes. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not too concerned. I did earlier today. I posted um, a stat that was completely wrong. I posted that like the Vikings were number one in third down and opposing passer rating this season. That was actually their passer rating for offense on third down. So they're actually (laughs) 32nd in passer rating on third down this year, which is not good. I think it's like 26 point, whatever, something that's not good. Um, So they got to figure something out with that. Um, But I think these next few weeks will be a good opportunity for them, like against the, the saints and bears who are not, as good of teams i feel like as, as the eagles and and even the lions i think it'll be a good opportunity for them to kind of work some things out and then they got the bye coming up in a little bit and they'll be able to go back and, and look at some of the things they can work on get rid of some stuff that's not working and uh, yeah i'm not it's it's if it's like this at thanksgiving yeah i'll be much more concerned but if if it's like this for the next few weeks i'm still not going to be that worried you know coming out of the bye i expect things to be A little better than they are right now. And uh, yeah, I'm not. They're winning. Like I said, they're winning. So it's not as big of a concern as it probably should be, but they're winning, so.
1: We got Kirk Tober coming up, too. And we do. Uh, We do. (laughs) Yeah. Kirk Tober starts on Saturday. So I don't know. Two and one going into Kirk Tober. Maybe Kirk Cousins turns it on here. I feel like it
2: kicked off with the the noon, you know, home game against the Lions. That was like a a pre pre-Kirk Tober party uh, that he uh, kicked it off with the final drive there.
1: It's like the uh, the ultimate warrior when the planets, the Grimlap system align or whatever he was talking about. Just like,
2: you know, whatever. Whatever he was talking about is a really, really great you know, description of anything that the Ultimate Warrior ever said during his career. Because I don't think anyone ever knew what he was talking about.
1: Load the spaceship with the rocket fuel. Loaded with
0: Warriors!
1: (laughs) Um, The Vikings rushing defense, though, allowing 139 yards yesterday, four yards per carry on the ground. Uh Jamal Williams went full. Of Hingle McCringleberry. Remember, it's just two pumps. A third one is a flag. <laughs> Obviously, he <laughs> didn't get the memo there. Uh, I wonder if the ref just flew through the flag just thinking, just like seeing the skit and be like, all right, that's that
2: was that's three. Like I got it. That was three.
1: That was three. Uh, <laughs> 4.7 yards per carry, ranks 19th on the yep. season for the Vikings. What's your level of concern on the Vikings rushing
2: defense? Um It's not good, um, but it seems like that's kind of what they want to do. They want to. They. It feels like they'd rather have the offense run the ball than than pass the ball. They're they're, seem like they're more setting up to defend the pass than they are uh, the run. They they've they've been having light boxes. Um, You know, they've been having more defensive backs on the field. So, it's. I've seen this a lot today, where it's like a bend but don't break defense, and and so far it's working because. I don't think they have allowed a lot of point in the fourth quarter. They ranked like sixth in second half points allowed. Um, and they ranked like 10th overall in points allowed uh, this season. So like, it doesn't look good. Like when you're watching it, you're like, what they're missing tackles. They're gashing them for yards and everything. They're the other teams averaging like six yards of play. But then you look at the final score and it's like, well, I, I, oh, guess, we won. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it wasn't <laughs> that bad. Uh, they didn't score in the fourth quarter. Um, so like, I don't know. I don't know what to think of the defense yet. Cause it was like, yeah, yesterday that the lines went up 14, nothing. And I'm like, like what is this defense? They're not doing anything. And then it seems like they make a lot of ju- adjustments at, at the half. Cause it felt like in the second half, the Vikings are maybe playing a little more tighter coverage, a little more, maybe even man coverage. Um, and it seemed like, that worked a lot better than what they were doing in the the first half because they couldn't really stop the Lions. But the run defense is concerning, but I don't know if it's concerning to the Vikings. So if it is concerning, then they'll probably sign someone like Indomitian Sioux or something. But I, I don't know if they're that concerned about it either.
1: Well, I mean, and Sue is not exactly a run stuffer. He, he was back in a... the day. Not, yeah, not he's more of a hard. pass rush specialist yeah. now. Yeah. Um, uh, and they could also use that as well. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. <laughs> I mean, this de- I, I like the concept of this defense, kind of thinking about where you play that shell, you want two guys back there, you want to, be a, big play, that needs to be a drinking game That needs to be a drinking game. Every time shell, someone says yeah.
2: says shell, like Brady Quinn said that 19 times yesterday, oh, it's the shell coverage. And and then I think Joe Buck and Troy Eggman were saying that a bunch too. And I'm like, this this needs to be a drinking game. Like every time they say this or they say Kirk's accurate, like you're just going to be blacked out by the second quarter. Do
1: they, uh, d- does Donatel run the shell defense because his name is really <laughs> close to the Ninja Turtle? Maybe. Just thought of that. Maybe, 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 maybe he is a Ninja Turtle and we just yeah. don't know it or he's master a, splinter or whatever. Former,
2: he's a former Ninja Turtle, just retired. Just retired and decided
1: to coach football. Just couldn't handle the life anymore. <laughs>
2: um, how
1: about Lewis C not playing a single defensive snap? 32nd overall pick, yeah. limited to special teams. What do you think is going on there?
2: Um, I think it was a little concerning, but I talked to someone who runs the Georgia site for fanside today. I would put out a four. They said that. He was, when he was at Georgia, it was, it did take him a little longer to kind of come along and learn the defense there. Um, but once he picked it up, it was just like, there's no stopping him. So I'm just going to assume that that's the case right now. And once he does pick it up and get more of a hang of it, then they're going to put him in there and he's going to be just, you know, firing on all cylinders. So after today, I'm not too concerned. Um, sometimes rookies just come along slowly. Um, sometimes it's not good to rush them out there. You know, we look at guys like Brian O'Neill, Christian Dara they were all, they all came along slowly. Um, Trey Waynes probably took what, two years to become a starter. Mm-hmm. Even Xavier Rhodes probably was out there sooner than he should have been. Um, you know, a bunch of guys that just rookies, especially in the defensive backfield. Cause the NFL, the rules are so much different between college and the NFL in terms of what you can do as a, Defensive back and what you can't do as far as like illegal contact and and holding and all that stuff. So I'm not worried. I think if he comes, he's 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 on special teams. So that that's what he needs to like focus on right now. Right now he's on special teams, make plays on special teams. He starts making plays on special teams. He's gonna get more playing time on defense. So do what he can do right now and then and take it from there. But I'm I'm not worried. Josh Metellus played well, so you can't really argue with with what the Vikings did I didn't think it was going to go that way because Josh Metellus is a six-round pick who's never had a start in his career Um, but it was a good decision by the Vikings it turned out to be so I can't argue with uh, what they did
1: you know I I think was seeing Matt Daniels was talking about him and he said that he he's a reps guy like he learns through reps where maybe he just struggles in the classroom and kind of had has, has some issues with that. I mean I mean that that is definitely something possible. I yeah, I I want to see what happens as the season goes along. Like you said maybe if it's November and he's only playing special teams, uh we might have a little bit of a problem there. How about Greg Joseph missing two kicks? A lot of people seem to think uh it was because the gates were open. There's a little bit of wind. <laughs> yeah. Is <what? laughs> yeah, that real? What, what do you think? Could you feel could you feel a difference? I, it was it, I couldn't tell you it was windy. I also uh had some beverages before the game. So I mean, if it were, but it wasn't like a cyclone, you know, like a wind tunnel in there. Maybe it's windier on the field than it is in the stands, but.
2: But it was the same. It's weird because it was like the same spot because the last kick that the Lions kicker had was like kind of from the same spot and it went right right too. So it was was weird. It was just a weird day and and the Vikings can just close the doors next time um, because I don't think that's the advantage that they thought they were going to have. I'm not worried yet. I emphasize the yet because this is a Vikings kicker. We all know how this goes. I think Greg Joseph could go 40 for 40 on field goal kicks during the year and people would still be worried with him lining up for a kick in the playoffs. So I'm not worried. Um, They're 56 yarders, which I think is close to his career long. So his chance of making that was was pretty low anyways. I think the fact that Kevin O'Connell had the confidence to put them out out there for the second time because he missed that first one like real bad. Like that was, it went to the sideline pretty much. Yeah. Um, So that was bad as soon as it went off his foot. Yeah. Like it was, it was bad. Um, So I think he should have some confidence that Kevin O'Connell still felt comfortable with him kicking another 56 yard field goal and he still missed it. But at the same time we've been hearing all year or I guess from Matt Daniels about how, Greg Joseph's been on fire in the summer. He made, he's made all his kicks before this. He made all four of his extra points. So no, I'm not, I'll put this at a two, but at the same time with an asterisk, because this is a Vikings kicker and we know how this can spiral out of control very quickly. So for right now, I'm not concerned
1: if it gets to a point where he starts shaking a bunch of kicks then I'll get concerned. And I, and I think this staff too, like, like I said, like Mike Zimmer would have lost his mind <laughs> over the two missed kicks. Right. Like you probably would have attempted. He a, wouldn't
2: have had, he, I bet you, he wouldn't have had a, another 56 yard uh, attempt. Yesterday right. If Mike Zimmer was the coach. We've been like, no, he's not doing that again. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, not good. I mean, that's the good thing about O'Connell's staff is that he trusts them enough to like give them opportunities and let yeah. them keep going. So, um. yeah, I, I mean, we'll just kind of see how that plays out. How about the Vikings finishing without a single sack yesterday? Goff was only pressured on 32% of his attempts. Uh, the Vikings aren't blitzing. Like, mm-hmm. I think I saw it was 10% of dropbacks have occurred against a blitz this year. So, uh, what do you think about that?
2: Um, I think pressures are actually more important than sacks these days, I feel like those should probably sacks are always going to be like this big thing. So you have the sack record and everything, and think people pay attention more to sacks, but I think pressures have a, a more of an impact on the game than sacks do, at least these days. And Zedaria Smith had like five pressures yesterday. A couple other people had some pressures. So I'm not too worried about that. Um, You know, you'd like to see them get home, but they still like on that, that final throw that Jared Goff had, that was because Z- Zedaria Smith kind of forced him to the outside and, he had to throw it or else he was going to get hit, and then Metellus got the, the interception. So you know when they needed pressure, they they brought it, and also the Lions, Lions have good offensive line. Um, you know, just like the Eagles, a couple weeks ago, they had, a, they have a really good offensive line, and the Lions have a pretty good one too. They're they're one of the best running teams in in the league for a reason. Um, so I'm curious to see how they do against a team like the Saints and the Bears, whose offensive lines are not that good. Um, it'll, if it'll be closer because we we've seen them bring pressure. We saw against the Packers, they they had pressure all day. Um, so I'm not not concerned about that. Um, no, no, not. I am a little concerned about Daniil Hunter. Uh, he's been kind of quiet. So, uh, maybe standing up isn't the best role for him after all. But we'll see. It's still it's still early. So early.
1: I I think there's just a lot of things that they're adjusting to on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Like, especially when you don't play preseason games and they shouldn't have, that was absolutely the right move. Mm-hmm. But I mean, especially with new system, new offense, new defense, new everything like you're going to have problems like that. And there are going to be growing pains. I think Alex Boone was on score North and he said, it takes about five or six weeks to get really yeah. comfortable with the system. And I, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, if Daniel Hunter is kind of, Trying to ease his way into standing up again and, and, you know, kind of knowing what he's supposed to do. Mm So, I mean, I'm not hitting the full fledged panic button. I mean, they're, that's the thing. Like having a performance like this in September, that it's fine. When you go out with a win, then you win. Yeah. It's, it's a lot better. And now, if they had lost that game, I, I, this is probably a different podcast, but I mean, you win you work through some of the kinks and hopefully you get better as the season goes along.
2: That's yeah. That's what's most important. I think that's what O'Connell's trying to pitch to these guys. Like, yeah, you're going to make mistakes. Everyone's going to make mistakes, especially to cousins. Like, yeah, you're going to make mistakes. He's, he's probably off to one of the worst starts of his, his career this, this season, but you know what? Vikings are two and one. Um, and that's, that's what matters. Like they're winning games. It doesn't matter if you throw an in interception, if you miss a tackle, It matters if you win the game and you have to do whatever you can to do that. And right now they are. So I think that's the mindset that they they need to keep having for the rest of the year. It's okay to make mistakes. You'll fix it during the week or try or whatever, but just just win the game. That's all. So the Vikings will now travel to London. They will take
1: on the Saints. We'll talk about this a little bit more on Thursday, but just a quick look right now. uh, How optimistic are you feeling going into that game after the win on Sunday?
2: Uh, I was feeling pretty good, but then I saw the line, and the Vikings are only favored by two and a half. And I guess aesthetically, a road game, yeah, but it's not because it's in London. So I, I maybe they're just factoring in like both teams are just going to be kind of weird because it's in London, and those games are always weird. Yeah, um, but the Saints are not playing good this year. Jameis Winston does not look good. The defense is. It's probably the the best thing about that team. I'm curious to see how they approach covering Justin Jefferson because they have Marshawn Lattimore. Are they going to just keep him on him? Or are they going to do what the Lions did and have like three guys covering him? Or if you ask like PFF or Bleacher Report, it was only Jeff Okuda. Um, It wasn't three people on Justin Jefferson the whole time. Um, Have you seen those graphics of like Jeff Okuda shut down uh, Justin Jefferson? all day on Sunday. I'm like, he had three people on him. Like it wasn't Jeff Okuda by himself. He, maybe he played well, but it was yeah. not just him. Um, so yeah, I'm curious about that. It's the Viking saints. We don't like the saints. They don't like Vikings fans or the players. Um, so, am um, I'm curious to see how this goes, but I feel confident. I, I don't think the saints are good. They just lost the, they just lost the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're they're not they're not good. And I think Taysom Hill's even out, and he's a guy who's kind of hurt the Vikings in the past. So I'm not sure. Yeah, they're concerned.
1: pretty banged up right now. I mean, yeah. even Marcus Lattimore is a little bit uh rusty. I, I think Dustin Jefferson bounces back in this game. Yeah. I I really think that uh you know, knowing his character, at least how we know it, we don't know the actual person, but I'm just saying. Like he he seems like a guy who would take this performance personally and be like, yeah, it's not happening again. And now that Kirk has hit Osborne and Thielen and some of the other targets downfield, maybe he'll start to feel a little bit more comfortable. And like you said, maybe that was the pregame party for Kirk Tober as he goes to London and could very well light up a susceptible saints team. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, some people are a little bit upset that it's starting super early. You'll be watching it at 630 in the morning. But, uh, you know, then that's hey, not my
2: problem. There's people in Hawaii, too, who are Vikings fans. I posted this yesterday that kickoff for them is at 330. And I was like, it's at 330, but you also live in Hawaii. So you get that that benefit of your life. Um, and a bunch of them were like, yep, that's me. I'm going to be waking up super early to watch the Vikings. Um, what do you think about, because we're talking about Jefferson here, like people kind of shifting, kind of trying to point the blame at, at Cousins struggles on Jefferson struggling, I guess they're saying like, he's not running the right routes. He's, he's dropping passes and it's like, he's getting covered by like two or three guys every time. It's not like it's the easiest thing in the world um so i'm I'm just curious like what what are you thought about because i've seen it more often than i probably should where people are like well what's kirk supposed to do justin jefferson you know he's not running the right routes he can't catch like and i'm like justin jefferson is really good that's why he's getting this gigantic attention from the defense so uh i don't know what do you think
1: well there are also moments where kirk is again checking down yeah you know I, he overthrew osborne on that oh yeah day. i mean i'm not i'm not I don't think this is anyone's fault. I I like I hate That's the that thing too like it's, it's just like it's not a competition. It's your fault. It's never, <laughs> <you're>, uh, <laughs> yeah. I love my Kirky. Yes, I do. Don't never make fun of Kirky. Like I like nobody's fault. They're they're winning. They're they're winning games like that's the whole thing, and it's just like everybody's just like no, but I gotta validate that Kirk's the greatest quarterback we've ever had because he, right he, he, he beat the, the Lions because he beat the Lions at noon on a Sunday yeah. <laughs> and
2: he had mac and cheese he's, for listen, lunch and listen, what, he's supposed that game yesterday. That's what he's supposed to do. Okay, he's supposed to do that. Now go do that against the Bills. Go do that against the Dolphins. Go do that in the playoffs. Like. Do it again. He's he's supposed to do that yesterday. That's what our expectations of him have always been. You need to do this. So when it does happen, I don't want these people coming out and be like, oh, I told you so. I told you he can carry the team and everything. You are supposed to beat the Lions inside your yeah. own building mm-hmm. at new like, yeah, this isn't it's not a grand accomplishment that you did this. And he's had other comeback wins, too, like this was against like the Broncos in 2019 when they were terrible against the Bears last year in week 18, which is a game that didn't matter at all. Like, do it when it matters. Like, this might be discrediting what he did yesterday, but you're supposed to do that yesterday. He's supposed to do that. So, keep doing it. Keep doing it. Do it when it counts.
1: We will keep doing it right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel every Monday and Thursday night at 6.15 p.m. Uh, We are also available on demand at Spotify and Apple music. You can like comment, share, subscribe, and you can win a Justin Jefferson Jersey for doing that. Check the comments or check the description below rather to get all the rules there. Uh, And for Adam Patrick, I am Chris Shad. We'll see you Thursday, but until then, skull.